Good afternoon and welcome to today's podcast brought to you, of course, by Equine Devil's Advocate. A very warm welcome on a chilly day in this part of the world, but the sun has been shining, which is always a nice thing. Goodness me, Friday already. And yes, this is where we get to take a look at your correspondence. Now, I know it was a very tall order, get typing between Wednesday to Friday, but thank you to those of you that did find the time. It is much appreciated. Now, just a little recap to those of you who are new. You can email us on our website, which is www.equinedevilsadvocate.com. There, you will find three pages. There is hot stuff. It takes a dim view of the question or topic. The next page is Biscuit, who takes a rather pro view of the topic or question. And then the third page is Koya, who is rather more the man in the middle, perhaps a bit of both. You will also find our Contact Us page for any question that you may have, whether that be a bigger specialist topic question of your choice, something that you would like to discuss, or perhaps a rather more personal question, something perhaps for which you are trying to find an appropriate answer for you. Now, there is also, of course, Podbean, where you can leave public comments, and YouTube, (coughs) which seems to be currently behaving itself for the time being. Again, you can leave comments there if you wish. The other choice is Facebook for public comments or private comments, but whichever choice you prefer, all are, of course, very, very welcome. Now, where were we? Ah, yes. On Wednesday, which should have been Tuesday, I was telling you all about the next stage in my journey when I was 12 years old and was becoming horror of horrors too big for my pony. I also told you about meeting another pony, a pony called Boy, a pony that I really did not feel at all in any way, shape or form comfortable with. Rather a shock to my system. Then, of course, we asked you if you had had a similar experience in your journey. Now, in terms of correspondence that has come in, it's very, very interesting. I think taking a little peep at what is not likable in this world we love so much has actually opened up some discussion, as we can see from your correspondence. There is another dimension, a slightly different tack to what the horse world looks like from the inside. But, you know, lifting the lid on something for discussion is constructive. It's far more constructive than just ignoring the bad and focusing on the good. You see, doing that doesn't help us. It doesn't help us to learn. It doesn't help us to change. It doesn't help us to progress or improve. So to that effect, let's have a look at your correspondence. This is the first one. 
somebody who said, I can identify with what you described, but only really from behavior. There are one or two horses that, where I work, I really don't get on with them. But, like I said, it's more the way that they can behave that puts me off. Because it's where I work, sometimes I have to exercise them. I'm told it's good for improving my skills. But I think they just hold me back by making me tense and a bit defensive in my riding. I hope to come through it. It's a good point. Something actually ought to discuss at a later date in more depth. Here's another one that came in. I take my daughter to a riding school and there is a pony there that I really don't like for her to ride. I really don't trust it with my daughter. I'm just learning about these things, so on occasions I haven't felt confident enough to say I don't want her to ride that one. So if she does, I must say my heart is in my mouth the whole time. I think the pressure on parents with children who want to ride is at times enormous. We have only recently started our journey, so goodness only knows where it will lead us. Thanks for the opportunity to respond. I feel I probably will have an awful lot of questions in the future. Well, that's fantastic because we love a question or two. And here's someone else who answered on a slightly different theme. They said, that's it. Thank you for putting it into words. The explanation about instant connection and that magical feeling. I had that with my first horse. And regardless of all the novice mistakes I made and some of the naughty things he did over time, it is right. That feeling supersedes everything else. It is the glue that held us together no matter what. I have a second horse now, completely different in every way, in breeding and in temperament. We do not have that glue, that connection, but as an adult, I can see the way forward by connecting in our work and training together. It's a very different path, yet so far it's proving to be one that has good possibilities for our future. I try very hard not to compare my horses, but to respect them as individuals and enjoy the merits of both. Thank you very much for that one. Now, here's another one. Again, it's on a slightly different theme. Somebody said, I find it interesting to hear you say about not liking a horse or pony. I actually do come across it a lot. I was beginning to think that it was just the politics of my current livery yard. I am looking for a different one because of this. It seems to me that a lot of people think it's acceptable to have this attitude. They don't question or check themselves when doing so. If anything, they encourage each other and it becomes the theme. I can completely understand not feeling comfortable around some horses, but I am less comfortable with people of this mindset than I am with the horses. It is a world of diversity, I agree, and I am intent on finding the best in it and not the worst. Well, hear, hear, well said. 
Now, we're going to finish up with this one. I sort of know what you mean, but your podcast reminded me of a situation that I found myself in not too long ago. An acquaintance of mine, someone who is quite accomplished in the dressage world and in the world of training, asked my opinion on a young potential dressage horse that was for sale. I have a great interest in bloodlines. I looked at the breeding and videos of the horse and thought it rather nice. I am not in the business of advising people in any way, shape or form. I think buying and selling horses a nightmare. I agreed more out of a personal interest and my acquaintance was very keen to hear my opinion regardless. She subsequently, after considerable toing and froing, bought the horse and, after a short while, invited me over to meet him. She began to tell me how much she hated him. Nothing that she said was complimentary in any way at all. I won't say exactly what she did say about him, but a lot of it was derogatory, and some of it was downright nasty. We were standing in front of him at the time, and I was appalled, especially as he seemed really rather sweet. After listening to your podcast, I rather thought he must feel that gross unpleasantness and negativity from her, which can only lead surely to a grave distrust on his part and a failing relationship. She is now an arm's length acquaintance to me, and I feel very bad for that poor little horse. Yeah, some interesting correspondence and also good examples of, how shall we say, the dark side of this equestrian world. And it's an equally confusing side. But it does go to show that there is incompatibility. Incompatibility does exist, and it exists on both sides, whether it be the horse with the person or the person with horses. We wish, of course, for that last little horse the very best of luck, and perhaps it's a situation where he will find the strength and the courage to dig deep and find some answers and have an opportunity to become master of his own destiny. It's situations like this that can make us realise why a horse sometimes does what a horse does. It is food for thought. And, of course, a very big thank you to all of you for writing in. Now, on a lighter note, back to the story. Life after Tutankhamun or not. Now, because riding is always enveloped in such a social scene, lots of people had witnessed my complete about-face when it came to trying boy. From a ride-anything-and-everything child, I went to I'm-getting-off child. There was a lot of discussion. What could have challenged my confidence so blatantly and entirely? Well, the general consensus of opinion was that this actually is not uncommon and can and does happen, in fact, quite frequently, especially with growing children. 
a phase. It will pass. Just ignore it. Others agreed. Yes, it is a phase, but don't ignore it. You need to tackle it, nip it in the bud, meet it head on. It's better for a child to learn self-control and face up to something. Character building is the title we give it. What we like to call it. Face your fears. Man up is another expression we like to use. I don't know if there is a right answer or a wrong answer. I rather think it's probably working out the best approach for each individual, be it child or adult, and the best pony or horse to help with that situation. You see, that very simple situation of riding briefly and tentatively. A pony that did absolutely nothing wrong at all, yet made me feel so unnerved, completely rocked my idyllic Peter Pan world. After that, that instance, I would only ride Tutankhamun or Quo Vadis. All desire to explore, experience new and interesting horses left me, gone, poof. Vanished. Luckily, at the time, there didn't appear to be any more suitable ponies available for sale. Although now, what on earth is suitable? Who knew? As luck would have it, it was at that time that we were actually going on holiday, just for a week, to the south of France. Father had a passion for vineyards, mother for the sun, and probably. A good idea to reacquaint brother and sister, because it had actually got to the point that the only time I remembered I had a brother was when we were at pony club camp together. Other than that, I had no idea where he was or what he was doing at all. So, parents had rented a villa. We were going to get there by car on this lovely, leisurely drive with lots of. View appreciation along the way. Ah, <sighs> how relaxing! Or more accurately, endless hours in a car, sat next to brother, annoying each other. His idea of view appreciation was to look at me and then say, "Ah,、oh, stranger danger! I don't know who you are." Ugh, brothers. Eventually, we made it. The final leg of our journey. We were wending our way up the narrow roads with sweeping hairpin bends, all beautifully adorned with brick wall terraces, bedecked with vines, all laden with weighty bunches of grapes, and at the very, very top of this hill, a small mountain really, a beautiful villa. With a three hundred and sixty-degree view over the surrounding landscape, it was stunning. Father parked the car in the courtyard outside the front entrance, and we all got out. And then, a sight that lifted my heart: a donkey. The vineyard had a donkey. Ah,、oh, I love donkeys. 
perfect. Now I have someone to play with that's not my brother. We were met by the caretaker stroke vineyard manager. A very smiley, big, jolly man, and very welcoming he was too. He came to show us around to our rooms and the outdoor pool, and of course to extol the virtues of the crushed, bottled red grape father. Mm. Our bags were taken, and we were shown to our rooms. They were beautiful, stunning, open, painted, shuttered windows, and the gorgeous scent of jasmine that permeated the air from the surrounding trellises. I discovered my bed was mechanical. It had a control that made it go up and down at the head and foot, and even in the middle, much to brother's horror, because his didn't. <laughs> then we all gathered and went back outside to meet up with the caretaker once again. And of course, it was not too long before I just had to ask the question. Can I ride the donkey? No, 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 his reply with a smile in his best English and a very thick French accent. The donkey is not for the riding. The donkey is for the working. He then gesticulated as though he were playing charades. Huge wicker baskets, big panniers that the donkey would carry. Then he pointed to the winding brick terraces adorned with vines and said, The donkey is... Then he made walking gestures with his fingers. There, he said, there for the grape. No one ever sit on the donkey. Not safe. Oh, and of course that was all backed up by a kind wagging index finger gesture. You see, the donkey was the easiest, probably the only way to cut and collect the grapes from those narrow terraces. And of course parents agreed, no riding the donkey. Huh, I thought to myself, that cannot be true. You see, if nobody has ever ridden the donkey, then I shall be the first to ride the donkey. Oh my God, what on earth has happened? Has brother poked my confidence back into me during the car journey? How very odd. You see, two weeks ago, I absolutely, point blank, refused the opportunity of what could have been considered the pony of a lifetime. I wanted no part in it. But now, two weeks later, nothing, nothing is going to stop me shake my resolve to ride an unrideable donkey. So, please do join us again on Monday to hear more about the unrideable donkey. Also, just to let you know, we've got some great specialist topic questions to cover. So we'll be talking more about the who and the when on Monday. Um, and there are more uh, smaller Q&A questions coming in that we can also explore. So very much like to have you with us um, for those episodes. And until then, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, please do take care. And of course, we will speak soon. <laughs>